Welcome to Footy for Two. I'm Solomon Dubner. I'm Stephen Dubner. How you doing, Solomon? Good. First, I just want to say hi to any listeners in Somalia, Libya, Yemen, Iran, Iraq. What are the two other countries? Uh, you named the first five that I was thinking, too. Uh, there are two more. Who are new. I can't call him fascist, right? President has banned you from He's crazy, and well, we're, we're with you. It's more complicated than that. I know, but, but still, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But it's an interesting time to be living through as a 16-year-old. It is. You know, Scary you, time. It is. I can see why uh, people are scared. Um, it's interesting. She doesn't look scared, when you read When you read history, it seems so you know, old and distant and this is history. <laughs> yeah. You can you can imagine that this is the this is a period when people your age uh, in a hundred years will be about, about saying yeah. what was going on. What was going on. Yeah. Well, I have we, a sort of uh well I have a football related question. Yeah, as, for you. I was gonna say we could take sauce on football, what were you gonna say? Mm-hmm. It's a kind of um existential question, I guess Ooh. I'd say. In that, you know, the, these last couple of weeks I've been working on a uh, Freakonomics radio episode about the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. American football, football, uh, and by the time this Footy for Two episode is published, actually that one will be will have already been published. Uh, it's called an Egghead's Guide to the Super Bowl, and we talked to a bunch like of like a uh, book for one of those dummy books. <laughs> kind of, those are good. Yeah, they are good. So it, we talked to um, a bunch of smart people, a couple current players, a former player, and Steve Levitt. <laughs> about I think he's a smart people. He's a smart people. He's a smart people. Yeah. And uh, anyway, we kind of broke down the game for people who don't know the game at all, for people who are you know fans and for experts, and give them all something to watch for. And one of the most interesting uh, remarks about football, foot, American, American football, football, was from uh, this guy John Urschold. Have I told you about John Urschold? You have. But he's a Raven. He's a Baltimore Raven offensive well, lineman. We don't like to start with. We don't like. Well, Raven. now well, you, we like you might have to find a place in your heart for the Ravens because not John, for the Ravens, but for him. For John Urschel, yeah. So he um, was a math major at Penn State. Obviously, a very good football school. Did- Never mind. I was going to make a joke, but it was too far. He grew up in um, Buffalo, New York. He was born in Canada, grew up in Buffalo. Anyway, um, Urschel is now getting his PhD in applied math at MIT during the off seasons of the NFL. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So, but a very interesting guy, nice guy, good talker. And one of the things that I, uh, when I asked him to explain, you know, for someone who doesn't, who literally doesn't understand the game of American football, you know, how, how would you guide them? And he said, well, the first thing you have to understand is what it's really weird in that many yeah, of the other yeah. games um, that people are used to watching around the world, like rugby, um, like basketball, like football, soccer, obviously, are continuous action games, right? Yeah. Things can happen. Basketball, the ball yeah, can go out of bounds. I love watching many football, but you know, I complain. I can't take all these commercials. <laughs> Well, the commercials and also the stops, you know, the yeah. pauses between plays. But he said one thing, one way to appreciate it uh, is that, yes, you're right. The vast majority of the elapsed time of a game, there's no action. But in that seven or eight seconds during which a play evolves, very it is the most concentrated dose of unbelievable athleticism <laughs> and strategy. It, it's true. It is true. And I thought of it. It was like the difference between watching like, you know, a two and a half hour movie and like a really great, um, you know, segment. Something yeah. that just like is. Like me and a few of my friends, one of my good friends who's a big football fan, footy. Mm-hmm. And another friend who's a baseball fan, we're recently arguing whether or not baseball is a sport. <laughs> yeah. And we're arguing more on how hard it is. In gen- and I said, in general, I think it's a fairly easy sport to play. But 
hitting a baseball, that part of the game is one of the hardest things to do with sport. Overall, I think it's an easy game. Easy you, how? The genuine task of catching a ball, throwing a ball, is I think yeah. is hard is much easier than it is to score a goal in football. Hmm. You don't like this? Well, I think hitting no. a baseball, go, going at nine miles per hour, is one of the hardest things to do in sport. Look, that, baseball is one of the few sports I can sport. talk about fairly knowledgeably because I played it and was yeah. and was good when I was a young man and. Uh, I disagree. I, I understand. It might just be because I hate it so much. <laughs> I understand the baseball is not a sport argument. I get it because there's a lot of standing around. Yeah, and I try to be nice about it because I know how much it means to you in your childhood. I'm not <laughs> joking. I know. You're sweet like that. Thank you. How about cricket? If my chemistry teacher's listening, I have to say I like it because he will give me extra <laughs> points. Have you ever actually watched a second of cricket? I've seen it on Sports Center top ten. Mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I know it. Mm-hmm. Um, but wait, go. here's my existential question. I haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, I have, of course not. Um, so I was thinking about you know American football and kind of this episode that we were making was really about what makes the game what it is, what makes it interesting, what makes it exciting, what makes it uh, you know deep on many levels. The strategy. There's a lot of game theory involved. Like if I'm, the, do you know what game theory means? Yeah, like strategy, tactical yeah. theory, tactical theory, especially trying to anticipate what your opponent will do if you do. Like I, have, if I have three options, A, B, and C. Risk rewards in a way. Yeah, yeah, and trying to anticipate their response to what you do. So anyway, with football, with American football, there's a lot of that. Are you going to ask what it is in footy? What's that say? You're going to ask what it is in footy. No, I wasn't going to ask that. Well, that's an interesting, what is there? Because I I think there's much less of it in footy. I think it's— Because it's all laid out. There's much less deception. One part that I find interesting about footy is— in American football, you see the whole game on. T- if you're watching TV, you see the whole thing, the whole field where every- the action's happening at once. In football, soccer, you don't. And even though, like, say the ball's Barcelona's playing around, say Barcelona's attacking and they're about to score, it seems like that's where all the action is. That's not true. Real Madrid, their strikers up front, who you don't see on TV, they're thinking about how they're going to attack when they get the ball. There's just so much going on that you don't see going on. For example, I've read a manager recently said, I don't remember who it was. Um, he said, I think it might have been Conte or Klopp, but I'm probably completely wrong. I don't remember at all. Um, they said, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And you just, and it all culminates on Saturday, the traditional match day in England, mm-hmm. even though obviously not all games are that day, and making the fans happy. And, but the fans mm-hmm. don't realize how much goes into work all, mm. all week long to, for all to culminate on match day. I totally get that. I, I would say that um, I don't think the difference that you just described between football and American football in terms of what you see and don't see is that different. Yeah, of I course. think there's a lot going on. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, interestingly, one you know one big parallel, one big commonality between the two games, number of players on a side. Of course. Right, which is obviously for basketball very, very different. For hockey, yeah. very different. Baseball, you know, is more static sport, but in terms of the games with a lot of action. But here's my existential question for you. Yes, sir. So a lot of the conversation with these football players was, it wasn't really about, you know, what do you love about football or anything yeah, like that. It was about what makes it an intriguing, you know, event. And there were there are many layers and many uh, different factors. But I just wanted to ask you, Salman, I know that you love football. You love the universe of football. We're talking soccer. Soccer, we're talking. It's a terrible word. Yeah. You love the universe of it. You love yeah. the, like I said, the universe. Everything that goes into that. The teams, the leagues, the, the business, the, and obviously the game itself. But here's my question for you. 
Why is that? What, what is it that makes you love football so much? <laughs> and maybe it's the kind of thing where that question just seems stupid and you're like, you know, how do it's you— It's such it, a good question, but it's, it's like, so hard to answer. Mm-hmm. Well, well, what most people say, which is part of it for me, is the fans. It's just such a community, especially living in New York where it's not a huge deal. It's a very big deal. But um, you just meet people and you feel into connection. I'm, I have friends who we have nothing in common— at all, but we both love football and we're great friends because of it. Hmm. Uh, the Saint. These Pal- are friends from school or friends you school, meet at the everywhere, pub and everywhere. Mm-hmm. Saint Pauli, you know about them, right? That's a o- club in Germany. Explain yeah, a, a little German bit club, for second tier. They're a very, very inclusive club. They're fighting homophobia, racism, xenophobia, um, every ism that's bad. Mm-hmm. Judaism. They, I hope they don't fight. Mm-hmm. The Germans have fought Judaism before. It is Are we going to end that out? I think we should keep it. No, I think it's a. I think it's a, it's a, valid a statement point. of fact. Yeah. Yeah. And or is it not an alternative fact? Or it says you know Rafa Benitez. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Fact. Have you seen those videos? No. I'll show you later. <laughs> okay. He's, oh my god! I lost my train of thought. You were talking about uh, Saint Paul. Yeah. So so they so yeah so they and they're and they're helping refugees in Germany anyway. Their club based in. Uh, somewhere in Williamsburg, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, reached out to me this week, asking me to come interview them or meet with them and watch a game with them. And that's just a connection you make. I'm definitely I'm heading out there soon. I'd love to. You'll be there with me. Are you going to make a Footy for Two episode? I think we definitely will. Sounds great. Um, so the community is a part of yeah. it. You like to feel part of the community. Yeah. What, I think, a, what else? I think also in American football, there are a lot of big plays. It's in football waiting for that one mm, big play. Yeah. And you, I imagine that, like, when I'm walking to school, I'm not going to lie, I envision scoring a Champions League winning goal or Barcelona winning <laughs> Champions League, and I daydream. I'm not uh-huh. lying. Yeah. yeah. Do you think about that when you go to sleep at night? <laughs> yeah. What do you think about when you go to sleep at night? Because I'll, I'll, I'll confess I, if, if you I, want me to start. but I think about Ter Stegen saving a winning <laughs> penalty in this. You did. In the Champions League final against Real Madrid and a shootout to win it. Wow. In my dreams, Barca in the Champions League is always against Real Madrid. Mm. Well, that's the optimal scenario for yeah. sure. Um, what about, um, so I love, uh, I think that's a really good point you make, which is that in a sport where the margin of victory is very low, obviously one goal matters a lot. Yeah. And it's the anticipation yeah. that that matters. That's like, why referees are so important football. Like you said, one call changes the game completely. It's true. If there's one thing I could change about football, if I had only one, I would revolutionize the way... This Rant. <laughs> You're going to say refereeing, right? <laughs> the way the sport is refereed, yeah. I think Rant time. I don't, that's all, I'm not going to... So gonna... we're not really going to over this weekend's action because we didn't record this weekend. We were too busy, too tired, whatever. Can I... But can... no, you cannot. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off. That You're my father. Rude. You're my father. I should treat you like... I love you. Do you want to shake hands? I love shaking hands on air because no one knows if we're actually shaking hands. Mm-hmm. We did, though. Um, but wait, I do. There, wherever you're going to go next, there was one weekend match I want you to address, which is the Barca Real Batista. Exactly. Oh. So we went down one nil in the 75th minute. We were outplayed completely, but um, then the, we ended up equalizing the 90th through Suarez. I think Messi created a goal out of nothing, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember he did. But in the 77th minute, we had a goal. It was about 57 centimeters over the line, which is, and it was not given. It was, it was, it was, it was a. I think it was intentional. I really do. So this is this is your whole. So your theory, your argument is that Barca gets is biased. There's a there's an anti-Barca bias in La Liga refereeing, and there's a pro-Barca bias in Champions League refereeing. Is that your? I would say 
less so in the Champions League, but it is not an unintentional. I read something from a, a supposedly neutral account that said if all refereeing decisions this season were correct, mm-hmm. Barca would be first in La Liga with 48 points mm-hmm. and Real third with 39. And I want you to watch this video. I'm playing right, it right now. Me. Yeah. And tell me. So what is, this is the disallowed goal? Yeah, just tell me. Hey, we're watching. We're watching. Hey. Now, maybe it's not the obvious there, but they're going to show it closer, I okay, think. Okay, yeah. And we need to see the goal line angle. Yeah, right here. Here. Do you see that? Mm, yeah, he's in the goal. Yeah. It's unbelievable. The defender, it's yeah. It's pure robbery. And we're, the match was at Real Batiste? Yeah. Well, we do know that referees certainly give home teams more. Yeah. In fact, I think I told you this. This is one of the most interesting um, sets of statistics sense. from— This was a really good book I would recommend to almost anyone who likes sports. It was called Scorecasting. Which is not a very good name. Have you it. read it? I've heard of it. Oh my goodness! I have to give you this book. So it's by a sports illustrator writer named John Wertheim and yeah. an economist named Toby Moskowitz. I've heard about them. And basically, they do. It's kind of you know a free economics of sports kind of thing. A lot of data analysis trying to answer interesting questions. And one of them is: Is home field advantage real? And if so, and what, it what accounts for it? So the answer is yes, it is. But there are all these theories that people yeah, have. Yeah, like the track around the field. Well, that's you're well. you're getting right to the answer. What are the theories? What are some of the things that people say contributes to home field advantage? Size of the crowd, I'm gonna guess. Size of the crowd, intensity of the crowd. I sure, like crowd stuff. Right? Yes, Chelsea, a quiet stadium. Well, all, but all these, are, but all these are actually related to the real answer. Here are the answers that people give that are not real. Uh, travel wears you out. Yeah. Better to sleep in your own bed. Yeah, those stuff I don't... You I don't know, know your surroundings of your home pitch or feel better. Yeah, that, All of those, it turns out, are not are not significant. The most significant one is referee bias. And it turns yeah. out... They're scared, I think. Well, I, like, either scared or... Look, they're humans. And when they feel the emotion of the, of the audience, of the crowd, for a couple hours... They get swept up a little bit in exactly. it. Exactly. We should if have only... robot referees. Sorry? That's no, why... We should have robot referees. We should have robot referees. Do you remember when we were at a Notre Dame American football game a few years ago? Yes. And it was a tight game with North Carolina, and it was leaned towards North Carolina. And then Notre Dame got like a in their favor, bogus roughing the punter 15-yard mm. call or something. Yeah. And it was clearly a home field call, you said to me at the time. Yeah. And in like those big 80,000-seat stadiums, you feel yeah. that— is that would not happen to an away team. Let me it ask would've... you this. Let's say you were a referee in La Liga. Let's say you're... We're I'd talking... be <laughs> Toward? Real Madrid? Uh, all right, so wait a minute. Um, Granada? So we, we, we've circled around a little bit. We wanted... Um, so we went back to the Real Batiste draw with Barca, which was a big disappointment, you'd have to say, correct? I don't want to talk about it. All right. We went into refereeing a little bit, but I want to finish up on this existential question of what else about football community, that kind of anticipation of the goal, what else is it that has you so consumed with this sport? How big the world of football is. Hmm. Because American football, American sports, they only take place really in this country. So you feel like there's a limit to it. In footy, I feel like there's endless possibilities of new things to discover, new ideas, just everything. You really are a modern global teenager, aren't you? Thank you, Stephen. Where have you ever looked at your Footy for Two Twitter followers? Uh, and seen where they're from? Yeah, and seen how spread no, they but are. I've looked at our um, our listener numbers, and they're fairly spread out. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I don't know exactly. There are but, some countries in there that surprise you. Yeah, should we look uh, it up right now? Quickly, I think there's a lot of 
Switzerland they want? No, not Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I know America is first, UK is second. That's not a surprise. Here we go. Top countries. I um, know Canada's up there. Let's see. Um, it goes in this order. US, UK, Canada, Australia. Not not a big surprise, no. any of those. Germany, the first non-English speaking. Spain, probably not surprising since mm-hmm. uh, you're a Barca, how shall well, we Barca's say? Well, Barca's not in Spain. Fanatic. Oh, correct. Sorry. Catalonia. Independence. Mm-hmm. True. Ireland. Portugal, Norway. Norway that, is Norway a big football country? They like it, but I'm not surprised. New Zealand, not a big football country. But the thing is, all countries, countries they're either football mad, speak mm-hmm. English, or both. Okay, fair enough. Because in Norway, everyone speaks English, I assume, yep. or for the most part. I, I might be wrong. Norwegian's right to me. All right, let me just go down the list of, these are footy for two listeners, the most common, most popular destinations nation, country-wise, nationally. I'll just do the 20, 25, 30, 35. I'll skip some. 20 is Japan. 25, Singapore. 30, Argentina. 35, Dominican Republic. Not a big football country. No. But who do we know? Dude, didn't we just talk to some? Oh, no, 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 no. Anya's volleyball coach grew up in the DR playing yeah. baseball, and then he converted to volleyball because he thought he yeah. could get the girls more easily that way. Number 40, Hungary. Number 45, Turkey. Oh, we get it. No, your country, see. And number 50, <laughs> Gambia. Mm. Gambia. Good to see. Other countries. Speaking of Gambia and Africa, the African Cup of Nations closed it ends soon. I think this weekend. Are they in the semis now? Uh, Egypt's clinched their place in the final, if I'm correct. Tomorrow, or maybe it's today, I think it's tomorrow. Ghana plays Cameroon in the final. Uh-huh. The two big favorites in Nigeria. Uh, I'm mean, not Nigeria. Uh, why was Nigeria a favorite? Um, Algeria. Why wasn't Nigeria? Yeah, they, were, they were. They were eliminated fairly early, though. Yeah, yes. Algeria and Ivory Coast went on. I, was, I wow. thought Algeria was going to win it. Wow. But, so, will you watch that final? Yeah. How many of the players will you be familiar with? A fair amount, yeah, definitely. How many Egyptian, uh, first-team Egyptian players are in uh, the European leagues? The star, Mohamed Salah, you know him? No. We saw his first, actually, ever Chelsea goal. You're kidding. At the 6 and the 6th of Arsenal. Really? Yeah, but now he plays for Roma. He's one of the best players in Serie A. Wow. Very, I don't like him, though. I, I hate him, actually. Why? He's a massive anti-Semite. Really? Yeah, he's known to be. He boycotted when he was playing with Basel, Switzerland. He boycotted the trip to Israel when they were playing Maccabee Tel Aviv. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's so. a reason to uh, not be a fan. Yes, yep. it is. All right. So, did you you wanted to you didn't want to rehearse the matches from last uh, from, from this past weekend from this yeah. past weekend? Okay. Let's dive in the Copa del Rey. Let's start with the Barcelona Copa del Rey. at Atletico Madrid in the first leg of the Copa del Rey semis. We won two to one. By the way, I haven't told you yet. We're thinking about, Dad, you and me, we're thinking about potentially going to the Copa final if we make it because we have a cheap way of getting tickets, even though I know we're not going. This is the first I heard of this. Yeah, I know. Kooky plan. We would only get, tickets are 70 bucks each. When is it? May 29th. I don't think we're going. Where would it be? Anyway, 27th. Spain. I don't think we're going. Spain? Yeah. What do you mean, Spain? Spain. Yeah, I didn't think so. What do you mean? Yeah, we're not No, but going. I mean, where in Spain? They haven't announced it yet. So not, I thought they announced it ahead of time where the final would be. Not until the final set. You know why? It's so Riondre can get out of it if Barca's in it. So they can have Bruce Springsteen come. Yeah, that's what they did last year. I saw something (laughs) very funny on Twitter on a Barca page. It said Florentino Press right now, and and it shows someone Google searching um, how to organize a concert. Um, (laughs) Singers available on May 27th, which is the date of the Copa final. (laughs) Explain for people who don't know or remember what happened. Was it last year or two years ago? Past few years, whenever Barca makes the Copa semifinal, Real doesn't. Um, that Real would not let the Copa be played at the Camp Nou, at the Bernabeu. I mean, it's Bernabeu. Yeah. 
And yeah, so last few days, we had to go to Bruce Springsteen concert that day. Like a day after. Now, Bar what Summit. makes you think that they're not just doing their regular business anyway? Because it's happened concerts? multiple times. And one of the worst nights in the history yeah, but you don't was know. when Barca won the Copa at the Bernabeu. Yeah. And then they played the Catalan anthem over the loudspeakers. Which yeah. is old. And then the Barca vice president, I forget who it was at the time, said, we wouldn't have done it at any other stadium. We just wanted to do it at the Bernabeu. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, so Barca um, is not through, obviously. But yeah, we won 2-1. Um, it was Messi on the road. Suarez, unbelievable goals. Griezmann pulled one back for Atletico to keep them in the tie. I think if we won 2-0 at the Calderon, that'd be it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were unbelievable in the first half. We were pretty poor in the second half. Umtiti, I think, is he had a great game. What's up with um, Atleti this year? They're kind of out of the title race. They're fourth, like, pretty far back. How, what, to what, I mean, fourth is not, you know, many teams would be very, very happy there. What do you attribute, though, their substandard showing this year? They've been over to you in the past few years with the players they have. I think I think Griezmann will leave this summer. Mm-hmm. I think he'll go to United, honestly. Really? Yeah. So, um, let's see. Right now, Atleti is 10 points back of Real with an extra game played. Wow. Okay. And Barca is now where? Six back. No, four back with an extra played. Oof. I still believe. We, we almost blew an 11-point lead. If we can blow that. Well, until this draw to Real Betis, uh, Barca looked like they had they were coming into form, yeah. and and Real Madrid had had. We weakened. haven't lost since October second. Yeah. Okay. Fair it's enough. A, a lot of draws though. Okay. What what about the Premier League? Man City was the only top six team to win this week. Wow. But we'll get into all the games in a minute. But first, I want to talk about the top four race and who I who do you think is going to finish the top four? I think we have different. In right. the top four? Yeah. Do you want me to pull up the EPL table right now? Sure, and I'll do the same. I mean, I think Chelsea, I, I, if I had a bet right now yeah. uh, who will win, I would I would pick Chelsea in a, in a heartbeat. Me too. Yeah, they're, they're going to win the league, I think. By the way, I was surprised to learn that Barclays no longer sponsored the Premier League yeah. because I'm, I don't follow this stuff closely. Um, but uh, then someone sent us, or maybe you told me, that yeah, there's already a deal in place for the— Yeah, there is. I forget. Who is it? It, it starts with an A. Aardvark um, Industries? I might not even start with A, maybe. I feel like, let me see. Albanian uh, marching band? It's Albanian, actually. Maybe it's an Albanian marching band. Okay. I can't. All right, so I'm looking at uh, the table now. Yeah, I think our top four picks are going to be different. So right now we've got Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, our one through four, then Man City, Man U, Everton, West Brom. And let me just look. Stoke Everybody's played 23. Stoke and Burnley. And, and Bournemouth is hanging in down at 14. And Leicester City is not far outside of the zone. Mm-mm. Holy cow. So who Leicester did you City, finish top four? Chelsea. Yeah. Arsenal. Man City. No, sorry. Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, and Spurs. You think Arsenal's going to miss it? I think it'll be the first time under Wenger they've missed it, maybe, or at least like 18 years. I think it's going to be... I do think Chelsea won the league. They're nine points clear right now. If they had won this week, I think that would have kind of been it. Um, I think it's going to be Chelsea, and I don't know the order of the best. I think it's going to be Arsenal, United, and City. Arsenal, United, and City. Would you like to hear my reasons? Yeah, yeah, yeah I sure. think Liverpool is just frankly not good enough. Um, that, that simple. Um, That's Tottenham, pretty simple. Tottenham, I think they're good enough, but it's the mental fragility. Last year... <laughs> Last year, they had the team to win the title, especially when you see the overall quality of Leicester's team. True. Who, and even though Tottenham finished third last year, in my mind, I was thinking them as a runs up because they were in the title race much longer than Arsenal, who finished second, mm-hmm. only on the last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
they're a young squad, but they always show up in the big games and they can win a big game. But over the course of a season, they they tend to they always go through dry spells. They, if you saw that amount of games we were drawing in the beginning of the season, it was unbelievable. I think it's not Pochettino. I think I really don't know what it is. I'm, I'm not explaining well. I don't know how to get my thoughts across here. But I really think that this, you, they're not think, t- they're not tough enough to finish out well. I think what you're saying is that the Spurs are Spursy. Yes, that's what I'm saying. And United, I really think uh, Jose will drag back, drag him back. They haven't lost in four Premier League games. I think Pep will drag City back up. And let's go to the individual games. Let's do. Arsenal loses at home two one to Watford. <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal, yeah. But I still think they'll qualify. Mm-hmm. Um, Wenger was serving a four line. Four match touchline ban. Wait, for, say that again. Four match touchline ban. Why? For pushing a fourth official, I think. Wenger did that. He can get fight. He once flipped Jose's tie in a shoving match. That and he wait, he got a four game ban. Yeah, that's a lot. It is. Now, how much does that affect uh, the actual play? Well, he still obviously does everything in training, obviously. But and he can't he, be on and, the bench. No, he sits in the stands. He can. I think, and he wow. probably communicates. Huh. Um, well, this is a good. Uh, this will be a good experiment to see how how differently they play. Yeah. yeah well, uh, so Alex Wobie of Arsenal scored after Eunice Kabul, former Tottenham defender, mm-hmm. uh, hit a free kick. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, it was a roll. You know, one of those rolling things. Um, you could tell how much it meant to him. A former Spurs score against Arsenal, he loved it. Mm-hmm. And Troy Deeney, who I'm a big fan of, scored. Explain uh, that a former Spur because you hate Arsenal. They hate Arsenal. Um, Odin Agallo, one of Watford's star strikers last year, who's not being good this year, left mm-hmm. uh, to China to join Chongchun Yatai. Mm-hmm. He if, he said he was honest. All these players saying I've always wanted to play in China. No, you're going for the money. Everyone knows. <laughs> he was honest. He said I didn't know this club. I had to Google them. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. I do too, and I uh, I'm glad you point that out. That's an interesting thing. To yes, know. it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, not good for us. So Burnley beats Leicester one nil. Mm. Uh, Leicester's in a relegation fight. I everyone who wrote them off at the tit- for the title of the beginning of the season isn't. You were right. I said I don't think they're going to win title, but I think you can't get them out. Count the defending champions out of the race before the season begins. I, I think, think last I, year you predicted they'd finish somewhere between fifth and eighth. Does that sound I about, think fifth right? and seventh, I said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're and not. And right gonna... now, for the record, Leicester City Football Club is in 16th place with 21 points in 23 matches. I still don't think they can go down, but they definitely could. They definitely could. Um, are any of the, uh, sorry to interrupt, are Sunderland Hull City or Crystal Palace or Swansea, are any of them kind of surging? Swansea's been playing better, right? Yes, they have. Um, I'm not really sure. Hull had a big result to get to later. Okay. Um, Sam Vokes scored a late goal for Burnley to win at home to Leicester, even though some of the Leicester players said he handled the ball before. Do you remember Sam Vokes? We've seen him in person. I do not. For Wales, he scored their third goal. Oh, Sam Vokes. Yeah. Not really. I don't remember. Uh, I remember it was fun. It was very fun. Mm-hmm. He scored the third goal. I think it was a late header. It mm-hmm. might have been a header. Uh, Liverpool-Chelsea 1-1. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis, David Luiz's goal, um, it was a great free kick, but Simone Mignolet was still organizing his wall. <laughs> he is, I think he might be the worst keeper in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Maybe, not definitely, but he also might be my favorite keeper in the Premier League. Because? One time, 2014, he dribbled by Cristiano Ronaldo uh. in the Champions League. <laughs> and we're going to get to that game in a minute. Okay. So, Jorginho Wijnaldum scored, Wijnaldum scored a equalizer for Liverpool. Is that a Dutch name? He is Dutch. Mm-hmm. In the 76th, 77th minute, Diego Costa won a penalty and shot it, and Mignolet saved it. Mm. 
So, and he would remind me of Jersey Dudek on the line. Do you know who that is? No. He is Liverpool's former keeper, the hero in that famous night in Istanbul when they won the okay. 3-3 comeback Champions League final. For those who don't know that, I know a little bit about it because you've schooled me on it. Oh, yeah. What should people look up to watch? Is the uh, whole 2005 match, Champions League final. Is the whole match online? Yeah, but I just watched the highlights. So 2005 Champions League final or 2005 Liverpool-Istanbul will get you there. Yeah, or right? seem a lot. Mm-hmm. Best, final, best game ever, maybe. Mm. Don't give it away. I won't. Um, yeah, but Liverpool, going back to this game like three years ago or two and a half years ago when they lost 1-0 at the Bernabeu, they treated it as a success. I don't know why I'm talking about this now, but I think it shows why Liverpool has struggled so much lately. They think themselves of a small club who should only be challenging for maybe top four. You're, you have the second most titles in Premier League history. Why do you think that is? Why do you think... Uh, I mean, do you really think they think... Like a small club? I think to an extent they do. They they go after more unknown players, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think they could be attracting bigger names. They, they're good against a big, te- big team. If you think who they've lost this season, I think it's like Swansea, Burnley, someone else tiny. Does your view, does the view that you're expressing right now reflect that of a lot of Liverpool supporters? Or I believe it would. A lot of Liverpool supporters are trying to turn against Klopp, I know. Mm-hmm. All right, what's next? Um, Tottenham draws Sunderland 0-0. No, Man United draws Hull 0-0. No, no, so that's a big result for Hull and Sunderland. Mm-hmm. The last game we're going to go through um, in the Premier League. Man City beats West Ham 4-0 with Aguero on the bench. This is about Dimitri Payet, who left West Ham for his former club, Marseille. Ah, so just this week he left. Yeah, the transfer notice closed. He said it's because he was homesick. I think it's probably that, partially because he's playing for a crap club in West mm. Ham. Um, well, and also he got, you know, he got a taste of the big time during the year. I mean, he was, you know. He was a superstar. He was a superstar in the Euros. Um, how's Marseille doing? They're fine. They're probably like fifth or sixth in Lagoon. I'm a little bit surprised that Payet, um, I mean, do you think language was a barrier? Does he speak uh, good sure. English, I, you know? I think so. Uh, I'm just surprised really because I would think that after you've been in the Prem, um, you'd want to stay in the Prem. Yeah, but some people get homesick. Mm-hmm. Like you? <laughs> like me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Man City beats West Ham 4-0, like you said. De Bruyne, Silva. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Silva. No, oh, yes, yeah, Silva. Uh, Gabriel Jesus and Yaya Torre score. Gabriel Jesus is unbelievable. I've been saying for months this is going to be unbelievable. You're a big fan. Huge fan. What would you say if I'm him sitting here right now and you have one question to ask me for footy for two, what would you ask me? I know you're good friends with Neymar. What do you think of him? How is he as a person? Barca, Barca, Barca. Yes, sir. Barca, Barca, Barca. He set up a goal and scored a goal in his first Premier League start. That's pretty great. Wow, yeah. Um, so Aguero was benched. Sterling, Jesus, and Sané started up front for City. That could be the front of three of the future. Unbelievable players, unbelievable potential. And Mitt, like I said, Man City was the only team in the top six this weekend to win. Before we go, we're going to talk about the Copa Italian certain legend Francesco Totti. He scored a 97th minute penalty. I forget who it was against. He's probably the biggest legend in football right now. How old is he? 40 or something. Wow. And he's still playing for Roma. I'd I, like to be doing that well when I'm 40. I'm all about that one slide. Uh, <laughs> to set up a derby with local rivals, Lopsy on the semifinals. So good luck to my friend Giacomo. Good luck. Big Roma fan. Good luck. And that is our episode. Hey, let me ask you you haven't, uh, again, once again, you've totally ignored MLS and NYCFC. NYCFC has been doing, had, had a lot of offseason yeah. moves. Um, what are you thinking? How excited? We signed Alexander Ring today. Good uh, finish, mis- right? Finish. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he's a good finisher. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what have been NYCFC priorities during the offseason, and how do you feel they Midfield and defense. I think we've done well signing uh, Jonathan Callens, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know his first name. I think it is. I mean, completely wrong. In defense. 
And that's definitely not serious. What would it take to get you more interested in? I mean, I know you follow and care about NYCFC. I think I'm ready to be a super fan and kill Red Bulls fans. <laughs> what do you think it'll take to put you over the top into super fan territory? In a killing? No, not. I was think going to New Jersey. But mm. I'm. I mean, what if uh, what if NYCFC had won the Supporters Shield or the whatever they call it? What do they call it? I the was crown? on the verge of tears. They got knocked out of the playoffs. Me and my friend Julian at the game, we were almost crying. It was mm. a sad moment. Okay. I came really right. ready for this okay. club to be big, and yeah. I'm ready to support them. But um, yeah. Well, Solomon, I enjoyed the talk. I'm a, I have to admit, I you had a you had to pull me through this one. I was a little. I'm feeling a little old and tired today. Let me put it this way: If I were a horse, I'd be headed for glue. I don't get it. Uh, the glue they make in the old days they made they sent horses to the glue factory to make glue out of them does that mean kill them yeah and to turn them into glue literally glue yeah. horses turn into glue melt them down turn them into glue your joke should I have known this? It's a real thing. This is a gap in my knowledge. It is a gap in your knowledge. I'm not sure how real this is. It's an yeah. old saying. I'm guessing horses got carp. Whoops, mom's chiming in from the what other. What else? Glue from horses <laughs> is the Mom is saying that the glue yeah. from horses Listen, may be apocryphal. Tell me something I don't know. But let me just say this. Let's just imagine that horses really were melted down into glue. Well, do you want to use that glue? Because it's important so I wouldn't can... want to sniff that glue. I'd want better glue to sniff. <laughs> <laughs> it's important that this is true, though, so we end the episode. Want to say it again? I do. May I? You may. If I were a horse... <laughs> I was talking about how tired I am, how old I am. If I were a horse, I'd be headed for glue. It's not 40 for one, it's 40 for two. Finally. Nice show. <laughs>